It's your favorite sports podcast. This is a sports counterpoint show. Your host GB got Brian and Coop on the lines. What's up, guys? Welcome back. Thank you much. Enjoying the, yep. uh, the right now. It's you know it's a good time, but uh, soon we're going to be in that lull in sports, man. That's going to be rough. Yeah, March Madness yeah, is, is no on the way to help out with that. But um, it's February sixth, twenty twenty. Um, I'm your boy, as I said, GB Brian and Coop on the lines. Today's show, we're going to do a little Super Bowl recap. Um, shout out to the homies that are still in the Super Bowl depression. I think my homie called it a, what do you say, a PTSB, like post-traumatic Super Bowl or something like that. Um, we'll talk about guessing, that. Guessing he was on the wrong side of the game. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The game. Yeah, he, yeah he's, a, <laughs> he's a Santa Clara 49er. Um, and then trade deadline for the NBA, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Lakers because we're Lakers fans. So let's start with the Super Bowl. Um, Coop, you probably don't want to start this one. So, Brian, go ahead. Cool. No, I'll start it. No, I'll start it. I'll oh, start go it. for it. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. Man, we blew it. That's all <laughs> I, that's what, I mean. That's what happened. The Super Bowl was going um, how I thought it would go. Uh, when we were up twin to twin, I was like, okay, we're looking good. Uh, they got that second interception. Though at that time, they seemed to be going very conservative at the time before the interception took place. Um, luckily, got a lucky bounce. Mahomes threw it, I think, a little bit behind Tariq Hill, got off a bounce of his arm and ended up intercepting the ball. And I know, Brian, you had text. He was like, the game is over. Game and is I over. said, nope. And the reason why I knew that is because I've seen the 49ers lose like this, what, twice this year and about four times last year where wow. they don't – they're not aggressive and – um they uh, they pretty much just want the defense to try to hold the lead, and that's the way the 49ers have lost, you know, I think six out of the last seven games. It's just, you know, relying on the defense to hold a lead, and, they, and it just doesn't happen. And that seems like that seemed like how this game was going to play out. But if the 49ers would have scored a touchdown and capitalized off that Mahomes turnover, it would have been 27-10, three-score game, and I figured the game would probably be over then, but it didn't happen. Uh, what went wrong? I think a few things went wrong. Um Number one, I just you know, I, I'm, you know, it's hard to second. I mean, anybody can second guess coaching, but I just think uh, we weren't aggressive enough. We didn't take any shots against that uh, against that secondary. Uh, we just played it, you know, too close to the vest, you know, short throws over the middle of the field and just run the ball. And I think against a team like Kansas City, I don't think you can expect to do that for four quarters and try to win the game. You're going to have to take your shots downfield. Uh, another thing we had a problem I saw a problem with was that. Um, we are offensive linemen, uh, offensive line. I'm sorry. We have one of the worst interior lines in the league. I mentioned that in an earlier podcast a couple months ago. And I think when uh, the Kansas City Chiefs made some adjustments late in the second half, like a late third quarter, maybe early fourth quarter, they took advantage of the backup center that we had, a backup guard we had. And uh, Joe Staley, our starting tackle, he was out for a lot of series as well due to a hand injury. He was in and out of the lineup. And I think Chris Jones and that defensive line asserted themselves. That defense made adjustments. Congratulations. I mean, um, you know, give them all the credit. They made the adjustments and they put a lot of pressure on Garoppolo to where he wasn't throwing the first three quarters and all of a sudden had to throw in the fourth quarter and it didn't work out so well. Garoppolo was 3 4 11 in the fourth quarter. Um, that made a difference uh, as well. And that's why I like to be aggressive throughout the game. So when it comes time for a quarterback to have to throw, he'll be able, you know, he's comfortable making those throws, not, you know, just under duress in the fourth quarter. Um, Got to give some blame a little bit to Jimmy Garoppolo, even though, you know, the line, you know, didn't protect as well. Uh, he did miss guys. He missed Kittle a couple of times. Um, there was a, a throw to Emmanuel Sanders uh, that could have went for a lot of yards, but he threw it slightly behind him, even though it was completed. Uh, he missed that one play uh, where he overthrew Sanders, where he got behind Kansas City's defense, could have took the lead 27 to 24 or whatever, and that didn't happen as well. Um, of course, I would. I'm not like everybody else going to put all the blame on him and say he's not clutch or whatever because he has come through for him this year in different various games. But in this game, he just couldn't do it. So you know, and, he, and plus, you know, when you're the quarterback, you get all the praise when your team wins, whether you deserve it or not, and you get most of the blame whether your team loses. And if your team loses, I mean, that's just the way it goes. So he's just going to have to deal with it. But um, I just think maybe I don't know if it was jitters. I don't know if it was because the line was shaky. Why some throws were off target? I don't. I don't know. But he definitely deserves some blame as well. Um, our defensive coordinator, um, Robert Sala. A lot of people like him to be a head coach. I wouldn't necessarily make him a head coach because he more he's more of an emotional emotion guy, not really a you know a head coach, you know managing everybody type of guy. 
Uh, I think he's a good defense coordinator, but he has uh, Achilles heel. And that is he doesn't really make adjustments uh, when a team is just doing something repetitively over and over and over again. He just he's continued to sit in that zone defense and probably won't go to man and probably won't, you know, do you know a couple other things, keep a spy on the quarterback or whatever. And that's why running quarterbacks have killed us, because they've got outside our pass rush and there's nobody there to help spy on the quarterback for whatever reason. So uh, I think that's definitely something uh, that they need to look into in the future because we lost so many games like that. Uh, I think the turning point in the game was when uh, Tyreek Hill caught that 44, I think it was a 44-yard pass from Mahomes. He just threw it up. Mahomes threw it up. The safety, Jimmy Ward, who's not supposed to let any receiver get behind him, supposed to know where they're at and the ball. He lost track of Hill and the ball. Hill caught that pass, and it seemed like right there that was the play where the momentum had shifted into uh, Kansas City's favor. And, uh, you know, they ended up scoring three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and, uh, you know, pulling away and winning the game. I know a lot of people are trying to blame referees. I mean, I heard that the, uh, Damian Williams was out of bounds the one-yard line when he stepped up. I don't know how he's out of bounds in the touchdown at the same time. I don't know that. I don't know how that happens, but it did. But that's not the reason we lost the game. The op- offense is the right call. Uh, usually when it's two wide receivers going at it, they let that they probably let that stuff go. But, you know, Kittle's 260 pushed off. I mean, it happens. Not blaming it on referees. Bottom line, the 49ers just blew it in all phases on defense and coaching and on offense and offensive execution and play calling as well. So it's a lot of blame to go around. Um, as far as next year is concerned, uh, I, I didn't expect them to go to Super Bowl this year. I just thought they were a year away. But now that they went and didn't win. I just think that Super Bowl hangover is real, knowing that you were so close and you, and you pretty much blew it, uh, which is why I'm reason I have a lot of respect for the Buffalo Bills, even though they, they lost four straight Super Bowls. That's just really hard to do to go to four straight Super Bowls. That's especially if you keep losing and you keep motivating yourself to get back up there and, you know, go to the Super Bowl again and again and again. But um, but that's my take on the Super Bowl. The 49ers pretty much just blew it. But you got to give Kansas City credit for winning the game, because I thought that uh, for Kansas City to win, Mahomes is going to have to, you know, pretty much carry that team, and the 49ers are going to have to make mistakes. The 49ers made mistakes. Mahomes took advantage of it. Best quarterback in the league, my favorite player in the league. And, uh, you know, he did it. Congratulations to him and him and Andy Reid. B? Man, nice, nice take, bro. I got to give it to you from beginning to this other season to the end, man. I, I can't call you a homer again, bro. Apologies. B? Uh, that's funny. That's um, it, it, interesting that that you were saying all that. So that was a very proper takedown of your own team. I, you kind of, right. you kind of covered everybody. Right. Um, you know, so yeah, when, when, when Mahomes threw the second uh, pass, a set interception, uh, I did send a text saying it was over. And that was also because Mahomes had been playing pretty poorly all game. And it wasn't mm-hmm. a matter of whether or not he had yardage, he had decent yardage, but the throws just looked all types of off. He was sailing them. He was skipping them. He was throwing behind. He was throwing ahead. He, you know, he just, wasn't accurate. And, and and Jason, I think you're 100% right about when the game turned. It was when he got that pass to um, Tyreek Hill. And that pass was not even a spectacular pass in itself, right? That pass, what he had to, Tyreek Hill had to kind of slow down and wait for it to get him because he kind of threw it a little more up than over. Um, but it, there, was a, there was just a, a momentum shift, obviously, from getting the big play. And from that point in time, you know, Patrick Mahomes started to look a little bit more like Patrick Mahomes. Uh, ultimately I felt pretty good at the end of the game because, you know, it went kind of basically the same way that I thought it would, uh, Mahomes being the MVP, uh, and, and they, they won the game. Um, couple things. You, you talked about a whole bunch of different areas as to why you thought the, the team lost and, and, and I'm not trying to pick on the, the guy, but I, I think this, as you said, it, it falls pretty squarely on Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, and it's, I don't think it's his fault and I don't think it means that he's not clutch. I don't think it means that he can't be good going forward, but I definitely think it was a reality check. We talked about on the last podcast, how the way the 49ers had won all those games in the playoffs, like two other games they won in the playoffs was, or the other game in the playoffs was by Jimmy not throwing, um, and by them just pounding the ball. And they tried a little bit of that early, but they were still trying to pass the ball far more in that game than they had at anywhere else at another point in time in the playoffs. Uh, and what happened was the fourth quarter where he absolutely had to throw, there was no mistaking that they were going to be throwing. So there wasn't a, a, a possibility of a balanced offense at that point in time. 
And, you know, he got a little exposed. Now, look, he's a relatively green quarterback. Um, he, you know, he's played very well. Um, there are plenty of people who have had similar issues, you know, see Jared Goff. Uh, and so there's nothing, I'm not going to be one of the people who's, who thinks that he needs to be shipped out of town or, you know, he can't ever do it. I've never been a Jimmy Garoppolo fan. I don't think that he's great. Um, but this season he's shown to be a very solid, good quarterback, despite, you know, what my thoughts were, Jason has been, you know, always been a supporter of him. Um, but I just think that in this game, the, the difference was really, uh, who stepped up when the lights got the brightest towards the end of the game, Mahomes did Garoppolo didn't, uh, that was kind of the difference. And, uh, and that's why, you know, Mahomes ended up being the uh, MVP prior to that, you know, the wide receivers for Kansas city had big numbers. I mean, the, the pass, the big pass play by Tyreek Hill put him over a hundred yards, but he was pretty, you know, that he was obviously catching passes before. Um, and all of their players had made a couple of, of decent plays. Kelsey would, was almost non-existent early, but then started to come on late. But uh, anyways, yeah, hats off to to uh, Kansas City um, and uh, congratulations to them. I, I think that they they played a great season, you know, played a great season. They continued to get better. Their defense was very, very suspect early, uh, got a little bit more solid towards the end of the season uh, and saw it was solid enough to, uh, you know, get past a pretty big game. They, I, I agree with you, Jason, that the Super Bowl, Super Bowl letdown is real. I mean, you know, look at the Rams, look at New Orleans. There's a lot of Carolina. Carol, yeah, Carolina. Yeah. There's a lot of teams that just can't consistently do it when they have that big a letdown. Um, I, I honestly think that the 49ers are, are, have proven that they're good. So at the beginning of the season, I laughed at you about them making the you know going making a run into, into the playoffs and and now I'm I would probably say you know next year I can see them making a different kind of run in the playoffs I, I think their success is squarely on the back of the quarterback yeah um and if you remember at the beginning of the se- before the season we were talking about stuff you know I was saying you know I wonder if if you know after Tom Brady Tom Brady at the end of the year we'll be, we'll be talking about Tom Brady going to San Francisco and Jimmy Garoppolo going back to New England and then in the middle of the year I was like yeah that's dead because Jimmy Garoppolo is playing so well you know I don't that that's not even a conversation and sure enough the guy loses that one game in yeah. the Super Bowl and everyone and and then the, the rumors start popping up right ESPN yeah. starts talking about it and I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell that that's right. actually going to happen Right. But the fact that those types of conversations come back for somebody who's played so well for the team all the way throughout the year and had a bad quarter, um, you know, is is interesting uh, and, and gives us plenty of things to talk about once the lull starts, because I'm sure you and I will be talking about where Brady will end up. New England, by the way. Uh, and, yeah. you know, where what's going to go on with all of these teams. But for right now, we get all this, this speculation. It was Raiders one day. Uh, it was, you know, San Francisco the next day. Dark horse everyone's talking about is the Titans. Um, you know, it's, it's I'll it's tell you just, later who I want him to go to. But yeah, mm-hmm. want him to go to. I want him to go to one of your teams just so I could just so, just so we could talk about the hoopla. No, uh, I want for, him to go to but, the Cowboys. That's what I want him to go to. Oh, God, I would love for him to go to the Cowboys. Well, that, you know, you know, Dak's there. But um, but anyways, yeah. But but because of those types of stories, you know, we'll be we'll have plenty to talk about during the offseason. Yeah. Uh, and you know, yeah, and Glenn, I, did you you know you made a pick too? Um, what are your thoughts? I have the, the Niners, I think, right? Um, yeah, yeah, you're the Niners. I watched it with you know, shout out to mom and dad and the homie Ed. So I was going for y'all, Jason. They're all Raider fans. Like, man, if the Niners win, they're going to be insufferable. Let's see what these Chiefs. I can wouldn't do. be. You, yeah, you you'd be one. Um, Niner fans and Raider fans are the exact same. The only difference is the color of our jerseys. We all live next door to each mm-hmm. other. It's all the same. Same type of people. Mm-hmm. Same fanatics. You know, same ridiculousness. Some are extra foolish and think they're going to the Super Bowl every year. Some are reasonable. I know mainly the foolish ones. So, um, and I get it on the Raider fan side. But for me, I thought, you know, it was a solid game in the first half. Niners were looking looking pretty solid. 
had, I don't want to say control, but they were, you know, they were playing a good game. Um, I was very confused, like a lot of people at the end of the first half. I didn't understand. It was almost like they played like in the middle. Like it wasn't <laughs> like they were trying to score or they weren't trying to like where you run it out. Then you. So part of me is like, OK, maybe you're letting the right. clock run. Then you take the shot, because if if they don't call that that penalty on Kittle, you look like a genius. You're on the, you're within the 10 yard line. You score. There's no time for Mahomes. But it was kind of like, you know, if that's the case, just push it. And then if, as you get closer to field goal, you can milk the clock on your own time. But whatever. So that was a little weird to me to go in tied when you had a chance. You had the ball and, you know, could have had a minute and 45 seconds or whatever. I thought was weird. Whatever. Um, second half. Still thought the Niners had it. You know, like you said, when they're up 10. But I think, like Jason said, they just got conservative. And I wonder why, like, to me, this whole playoff up 10 run, with a pick. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I thought, one, I thought that was kind of foolish for the whole Niner defense to do their like run to the end zone and pose thing. I get you've been doing that all year, but this isn't the game for that. And even looking at Sherman's body language, like he went down to be part of the team, but he didn't look like he was with it. Um, it just didn't seem like the move. Like it was a little bit too cocky at that point of the game, uh, which, you know, I don't want to give another team any kind of extra motivation to try and get on me, but whatever. So I thought that was weird. Um, you know, the, they, they had a chance. They just to, gave all the meme creators a bunch of uh, material. Yeah, and, and they did. Oh, and they did. Um, yeah, so I was surprised when I actually saw that, to be honest with you. I thought they was going to go to the sideline. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and they've done it all year, and, and a lot of teams <laughs> right. do it. It just, I don't know, in a game that big, I, I get, I understand why, and I get it, but, mm, like. Act like you've been there. They you haven't. Know, you said Sherman. I didn't see Sherman one way or the other, but if you said Sherman looked like he wasn't all really with it. It's like act like you've been there. Sherman's been there. He probably wasn't with it. He probably was like, you know, let's uh, let's have one big celebration at the end of the game instead of a whole bunch of little ones in the middle of them. Right? Yeah, I agree. And I just thought, I mean, <clears throat> he was there to be with this team, but it just it just felt it just felt kind of strange. So I get it. Um, you know, Mahomes, like you said, and then when the bright lights came on, he did what he had to do, scored on them. Um, the Niners, to me, the the Chiefs, every opponent they played, um, kind of got away from their game plan as the game went on. Um, I know yeah. that, you know, the, the Texans had that big lead, but then they, you know, once the uh, Chiefs started scoring, they had no kind of response. The Titans, who got all the way there by just running over everybody, all of a sudden become a play action team, which I get, but you don't run at all. So it just and the Niners had got there by running over everybody with all this misdirection. And and I know that they'd watched, you know, they, of course, they'd watched the film, but the misdirection was so beautiful. You had. In every play that I watch, there's four different options. So even if you're watching film, which option are they going to take? There's no way you can cover everybody. Um, and it just felt like the enemy and, and the OC on there, when they did the little temptation spin move, which he got uh, he got that play from the Rose Bowl in 1948, you know, when they were at like, I think it was third and, or was it fourth and one when they did that? Um, something like that. Something it like that. was like fourth and one square. But yeah. just they were just more creative. Um, I just thought the Niners kind of got away from, and I, I was saying that when I was telling people like they're going to pass this game because they're just going to try and outsmart themselves, and it just didn't work out. So, I mean, yeah, I, I'm with you on that. I, I thought the Four Niners were going to be more creative and have more of an expansive game plan after two weeks because it seemed like Kansas City had some yeah. wrinkles that I didn't see all season. No. That the Niners had to you know try to you know figure out, and the Niners didn't do that. It seemed like they were playing it close to the best and. Whatever, but also um, that's why I always prefer pocket quarterbacks over running quarterbacks because you get time, you get the times in the playoffs, and you know if you're lucky, the Super Bowl where the quarterback is going to have to make you know three or four throws mm -hmm. in that game to help your team win. Just can't rely on defense or running or whatever. You're going to mm -hmm. have to make a play, and that's what separated Brady from a lot of people. Brady was just more clutch than just a lot of other players. He's more clutch than Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is more talented, but Tom Brady's more clutch. To be perfectly honest with you, Garoppolo actually played better in his first Super Bowl than Tom Brady did. I saw that. Tom Brady was getting carried that whole game, but he made clutch throws when he needed to in the fourth quarter to get his team in field goal range, you know, to you know mm -hmm. get the game with a field goal off. And, you know, that's what it's about. It's about making throws, which is why I'm so hard or evaluating the quarterback position, because I want the guy who's a leader and who can make throws because there's going to come that time in the game where he's going to have to make throws. Garoppolo didn't make it. Mahomes did. That was the difference in the game. That's why Casey deserves to win. His best throw you know, to we me didn't... was the the one to Kittle. That was a great throw. 
at the end of that first yeah, it half. Was. It was a perfect the, yeah, throw. Right. Kittle probably right. could have just caught it. Um, he, but I understand yeah. why he did it. But that was a fabulous throw. Yeah, I was, that was to me the best, off. the best throw to, uh, Garoppolo had of the game. But didn't matter. Yeah. Nice but, delivery. But going three, four, eleven in the fourth quarter, Garoppolo. Uh, yeah. All the criticisms he, he's getting, he's gonna have to live with that. Definitely. Yeah. And the only way to get that monkey off your back is to come back and win it, you know, yep. next year or the year after. Yeah. We, we didn't Shanahan. talk a whole lot about that, about the, the coaches. You talked a little bit about uh, Shanahan and uh, Sala, but uh, Andy Reid coached a great game. Yeah. yeah. You know, he didn't lose confidence. <clears throat> the one thing that you heard consistently after the game when everyone was being interviewed was we didn't lose confidence. You know, uh, Patrick was always calm. Andy was always calm and that and they 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 had confidence that all they had to do was execute a little bit better than they were and things were going to turn yeah and and it did and 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 you know you mentioned that there were some wrinkles that uh, Reed put in there um to make sure that they couldn't get a look a, a complete feel for everything that they've been doing all season long um, you know, that's a big deal. I, I'm happy. It's It was one of the feel-good stories in this was whether yeah. or not Andy Reid, who everybody seems to like. Yeah. Like they, they talked about it during the pregame. You know, players who used to play for him, love him. Players who play for him, love him. The the, the people on the in the organization, love him. I yeah, mean, definitely. It's hard, you'll be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't love, love yeah. the guy. I, you might even be able to call T- Terrell Owens up, and he'd probably give the guy a. Oh, well, I don't know about that one. But uh, <laughs> hey, <laughs> you, you know, but you never know. Um, right, right. But uh, but Andy Reid has that level of respect, and and I've always thought, and I actually have said it on on the podcast that I think it's ab- absolute crazy to say that because Andy Reid had gotten far but never won it, that he you know he didn't have the ability to to get a team that far. That consistently, going back to what you were saying about the Buffalo Bills, is really, really hard. Yeah. And only the best coaches, best players, Definitely. so on and so forth, can do it. And you know, so people don't pick on these other coaches who have never done it, and then they go and you know, McVay style, and they you know, do it in their first year and get to the Super Bowl, but don't win it. And they're, they want to, they want to give them a pass, but they want to pick on Andy Reid for consistently doing it for over such a long time. Right. I mean, what? There's only four coaches active now with, with Reed that have won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, that's, it's, it's, it's a hard. crazy number. You, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And the thing is Andy Reed coached like he didn't give a damn and he should have coached like that because no, he's more than that. everybody, everybody's getting on him about losing NFC title games. He lost his last Super Bowl. Hey, you go out there and just, you just live. like he said in the interview, he said, you just go, I'm just going to go out there and just live with the results. Yeah. And that's what he did. That's what he and now, and when they asked him after he won what it meant, he says, I'm playing with house money. Right. So you and I were talking a little bit on uh, on uh, text about, you know, him retiring or whatever. And I said, he's not retiring now that he's got Patrick Mahomes. You know, he's going to try and get, yeah. you know, one or two real, real quick. Right. Um, and, and enjoy this little run. When this run is over, there's a lull. He, you know, he'll go off in the sunset, become a GM, you know, whatever he wants to do uh, and, and, and bless him for it. But right now, he's kind of got this perfect storm, and he's gonna wants to see how it can, you know, play out. And on the flip side of that, you know, I, I still, you know, I'm not with these people. Kyle Shanahan can't coach. I think that's no, ludicrous. Like, I, know, I think yeah. Sean McVay really? can coach. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, people upset that. I'm like, this guy can't coach. But I did. They did show a crazy, crazy stat in this last two Super Bowls Shanahan's been in. Fourth quarter and overtime, I think he got outscored like 45 yeah. no, to nothing that. or something like that. I was like, oh god. <laughs> That's bad. That is very bad. And the, you but know, they also – how much of that has to do with, with the defense too? Defense, oh, yeah. the quarterback that he had right. in both of right. those times. Right, But exactly. there's so many factors yes. into those types of games to put it on. And that goes back to the same thing for Reed. It's, you know, they have, there's, yeah. a, there's an infinite number of stats that will talk about what he didn't do. Yeah. But none of that means Jack. He was a great coach, is a great coach, um, has consistently been a great coach and deserves all the accolades of that. Yeah. And – and while Kyle Shanahan's book has not anywhere been close to being written, right. um, you know, it certainly looks like he's he's done a great job with a team that pe- most, you know, what half the people who talked about them didn't have him going to the to the playoffs, right? And he brought them to the Super Bowl, um, and and his coaching, not Garoppolo's or Garoppolo or anybody else, his coaching is what got them so deep. Mostert has been kicked off of a whole bunch of teams. 
Shanahan, offensive coordinator, that team turned him into a stud yeah. for for two rounds of the playoffs. He had Nick Mullins yeah. looking solid last year, so I'm not yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to sleep on. Yeah. Well, he got. Well, I told you he got Matt Schaub to the Pro Bowl. That's enough for a Hall of Fame vote <laughs> to me. I'm sorry. I mean, it's just certain things, you know. What I mean, yeah, throwing them shops. Yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, the shops. Um, anyways, good deal. Yeah, there's definitely more coaches than four that are active that have Super Bowls though. Go for them. List them. Peyton. Sean Payton, Tomlin. Payton, okay. Tomlin, yeah. Uh, I'm not counting. I won't count Reed. Um, Bre- um, Belichick. No, it was Belichick. Belichick. Yeah. Uh, Carroll. Um, Pete Carroll. Gruden. Yeah. Well, uh, we, uh, we, yeah. Gruden. Oh, Gruden does have one in Tampa Bay. That's yeah, our, yeah that's already uh, five. Okay. Um, there's five. Uh, so there's there's someone else, too. I was just thinking about it. I'm like, it's definitely more than that. But I, I see what you're saying. It's still a dumb level. Well, now, well, now McCarthy's coaching again. Well, he's not there yet. Yeah. With, so with the stat I, I was talking about, him. Right. Yeah, he, he was a right. non-factor. But there's so few. I mean, you got 30, oh, absolutely. 33 teams, and, absolutely. and you're talking about one, five, close well, to six, six of them. Belichick's yeah. won, what, how many in the last few years? So he's been eating. 18% of the league has is, is, uh, won a Super Bowl? Yeah. So, yeah. But still, <clears> it's not much more. But I was, was like, wait. But, um, yeah. One I mean, more. Yeah. It was a, it was a, it was a good game. Um you know, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Like, it wasn't boring. Um, it was it was a tight contest. So, I mean, it was it was cool. Sorry for the for the Niner fans. I mean, I'm like you, Jason. I don't know that there's a. I mean, I'm I understand. We got to the Super Bowl what 20 years ago. Like, it doesn't come back around all the time. You guys were there, I think 2013 or something. 13, yeah. It just doesn't. Still no loss, yeah. They I think it's something like only. It's like Steve Young and Montana never lost one, and no other Niner quarterback in recent years has won one. Well, yeah, Montana uh, won four, and then Young won one. Yeah, he got the monkey off his back. They're also saying how during the whole Super Bowl coverage, they never showed one footage of the Niners' last Super Bowl appearance. Right, right, never. You know, no, uh, Mm -hmm. no surprise there, right? Yeah, I was gonna say that was not a coincidence, though. Right, no surprise there (laughs) for anyone who didn't know. Was not a coincidence. Kaepernick was their quarterback then. For anyone who didn't know, so yeah, uh, Super Bowl's over. The football season's over. you know, maybe next year we should do the first podcast from uh, my new home in Las Vegas. You feel me? So we'll see what's up. But all right. So um, any last notes on that, or can we switch to the to the NBA? Yeah, we can switch. I'm good. Switch. All right. So NBA, of course, in full swing. Um, again, rest in peace to Kobe. This is still that'll never feel real to me. It's just weird to see uh, Gianna and everyone it, else be lost in helicopter. It's so weird. It, 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 there's so many times where I'll be watching a clip on you know uh instagram or something like that um there's so much more footage of conversations he had with kids which didn't get covered yeah uh that really make it harder to take you know what i mean like there's some the the footage that we saw for 10 seconds now has been seen over and over and over again a new Mm -hmm. footage comes out and these conversations that he had in this place and that place and there's always someone recording it but it was never a big deal and when you see the, the the body of stuff that he did talked about, it's uh, it's it's pretty impressive, man. Uh, you know, just it's it makes you realize he was a hell of a lot more than uh, he got a lot he got credit for. I also wonder, like, if he's up here looking down, like, damn, man, like when I was down here coaching y'all, y'all was playing regular. He passes now. Y'all want to put up fifty points a game? People putting up eighty one. Like, man, why y'all wouldn't help him when he was there? I've seen heck of people like balling out. Uh, oh, Mid- yeah. Middleton had In like 51. Kyrie, like, shoot, Dame Lillard yeah. has lost his mind. He's playing so uh, so well since. And, you know, even spoiled the the comeback for the, the Lakers um, when when they were coming back from, from the yeah. tragedy. Yeah, uh, but Dame Lillard has been balling. There's, there's people that you didn't even realize, like, I'm not yeah. a Kyrie fan. I've said this a lot of times. That's what hoop, though. But – it's really, really difficult to watch him go through those things because you can tell it's real for him. Yeah, um, you yeah. can tell he was super close. That boy's super um, And hearing the story, hearing Kobe being interviewed tell the story about how Kyrie um, FaceTimed him and Gianna it, from the the uh, from the locker room right after he won it, telling Kobe that all of his advice had helped and. Uh, you know, hi to Gianna and all that stuff. Man, that stuff is rough to see. Crazy, it really man. is. I, it'll, it'll never feel real. But all right, so so that's up. So we're talking about the um, leagues in full swing. We're almost at all-star break. 
Uh, right now, trade, today was a trade deadline. Trade deadline just passed. Yep. So, uh, kind of, what do you guys think? If you want to go run down the trades or give your, you know, best go through moves. some of the bigger ones, yeah. and, and then we can, you know, so. Uh, one of the bigger deals was the Clippers landing Marcus Morris, uh, right? So the, the Clippers got Marcus Morris Sr., which was someone that the Lakers had theoretically been uh, targeting, uh, and also got Isaiah Thomas, who they plan on cutting uh, you know, as soon as everything gets finished. The Knicks got Mo Harkless and a 2021st round pick, and then a second round pick uh, via Detroit. And then the Washington Wizards got Jerome Robinson. Um, J- Jason, what's your first thought on on that trade? Um, the Clippers won this deal, um, all the way off the bat. Um, Marcus Morris though, is the kind of player that doc rivers likes. So that didn't surprise me. Uh, you know, one of for a playoff team, right? Yeah. Good ancillary piece, you know, uh, tough defender, you know, hard nose. I mean, you know, just a pretty much one of those tough guys that doc rivers likes. So, um, you know, he's there to give, you know, LeBron fits along with Paul George and, and Kawhi Leonard. And so, you know, it's just it's, when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a Doc Rivers pickup right there. So, you know, so now well, Mark Moore is in, 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 in a better situation now. Uh, IT, I really don't consider him to be anything, you know, what he was, you know, four years ago. That's the last time I considered him to be a, a resemblance of anything. But he's a free he's agent now. So, yeah, he's nothing. So, yeah. I don't know about nothing. That's that's a little bit harsh. You nothing, man. That's a lot harsh. Um, but, but, I I like what the Clippers did for the Clippers. You know, wh- when you're a good team like they are, you're not trying to make big moves. You're just trying to make impact moves. Um, and you, you add that one guy who can come in and give you quality minutes and play a tough style of basketball, which is exactly what you need to be able to play in the playoffs as opposed to the regular season. And and Marcus Morris can do that. Um, so that that's that's a good deal. I don't think it's bad for the Knicks because the Knicks are at some point in time going to get a new head coach and a new um, GM or president. Uh, the, the GM stayed the same. Uh, and, uh, you know, they, they're putting together a, a, a situation where whoever comes in at least has the opportunity to do some things for themselves as opposed to after the Phil Jackson era where every, the cupboard was bare. They didn't have anything to do there. Uh, and the Washington Wizards, you know, got a young player that they'll be able to put together with um, with Beal and um, uh, Wall when he gets healthy. So, you know, not too shabby. I don't think anybody really lost that deal, but I definitely think the Clippers did what they were trying to do today uh, and got themselves a nice quality piece. So another big deal that's uh, out there. Andre uh, Drummond is headed to Cleveland. So mm-hmm. Cleveland Cavaliers got Andre Drummond and Detroit Pistons got uh, John Henson and uh, Brandon Knight and a 2023 second round pick, Whoa. which is either Cleveland's or uh, Golden State's. Uh, what's your thoughts there, Jason? I, you know what, to be honest with you, I didn't think that Knight and Henson, uh, I think he went to North Carolina. Uh, I didn't think they were still in the league. I know, so I was I forgot surprised. about John Henson, bro. When I saw that, like John Henson and Brandon, I think he went to Kentucky. So I was surprised. And then I felt bad for Andre Drummond. I'm like, damn, I know he wanted to go to a contender. Now he's in Cleveland. Someone, oh, well. Someone on Twitter yeah. was saying how the league is so is so rude, like, to make you pack up all your stuff and leave Detroit to go to Cleveland. It's just yeah, cool. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. I shout out but to my people living in those cities, but that's hilarious. Yeah, well, I've been to Cleveland. I was there for three hours and wanted to leave. So I, I kind of get the whole Joe Kim Noah thing, joke about Cleveland. But here's the thing. I think uh, Drummond has a $28.8 million player option for next season. It'll be interesting to see if he exercises that. No, he won't. Uh, he better he, not. He, yeah. he's, he's, already, he's already made it very, very clear oh, good. Okay. that he is, good has him. no intention of exercising that. And it's okay. not because he has a problem with Cleveland. Cleveland's going to try and keep him, uh-huh. but he but he's going to get a max deal or get a very big deal. I, what I think is interesting here is I don't understand how they didn't you know move other players. Um, the problem with Andre Drummond, who is a phenomenal basketball player, he plays gritty, he plays hard, he plays with his back to the basket, he plays old school center type basketball. But it's also the problem, right? The league has changed. And nobody has a, a, an offensive configuration that works well with somebody who is down in the box, banging around, getting rebounds back to the basket, you know, not playing out by the three point line, um, you know, that kind of that, that style. 
so it's interesting that that Cleveland um, decided that that was the guy that they wanted to to bring in. It could also be just a really good, you know, hey, we'll see what happens if we can build a team around Andre Drummond. If not, guess what? Andre Drummond goes and we get a $28 million uh, cap space going forward. So um, I thought, obviously, Cleveland kind of won that deal, but it, it didn't hurt the Pistons. I mean, they're just trying to clear out and, and rebuild, and, and, and they were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. So for our Bay Area listen, listeners, they're all. I'm sure they want to want us to talk about this one. So the Minnesota Timberwolves traded for D'Angelo Russell, Jacob Evans, uh, Evans, and Amari Spellman, and the Golden State Warriors got former first pick of the draft Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 top three protected first round pick, wow. and a 2021 uh, second round pick. Uh, so Jason, your thoughts mm-hmm. there? So, you know, when I, they got D'Angelo Russell, I was like, yeah, that's not going to work. I don't like that at all. I like I actually like this deal. And the reason why I'm not a big Wiggins fan, you know, I, you know, I just, you know, I just think he's invisible on the court a lot. And he's kind of soft to me. But the reason why I like it for the Warriors is, is that he's not going to have to do much for the Warriors when Clay and Steph come back, comes back. He can be sort of like their next Andre Iguodala, if they can just make him focus on defense more and not so much as scoring, so they can have a pretty much a younger version of Andre Iguodala, who's very valuable, who was very valuable for them during their championship yeah, runs. Finals. So MVP. I, but I think now I think he's massively overpaid. Don't get me wrong. When Minnesota paid him that extension, I was like, why? But that's so the Warriors going to have to pay that now. But he could. I'm not saying necessarily be worth the money, but he can help that team get back to a championship level. If he can focus more on defense, you know, maybe score about 15, 16 points a game, you know, better than that Draymond Green, but also be very active defensively and do those little things to help a team out. I think it can work for the Warriors. Now, I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's probably what the Warriors envisioned when they signed him because he is very athletic. So I, I, kinda, I like that trade for the Warriors. So I like this trade all around. Um, I'll start by talking about the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins clearly is not a – one or two guy on the team, right? He's not going to be one of the two guys that's going to lead you to a championship. Him and Cap, never going to happen. Right. Uh, but as the fourth guy on a team, that is one hell of a talent to have as the fourth guy on your team. And he, like you said, he's athletic, he's rangy, he can do a lot. And when he shows up, um, he shows up in a big way. And I think that taking the spotlight off of him and playing with, probably one of the least selfish teams to ever grace a basketball court uh, is really going to help him show up. Um, but I also think that the, a big reason for this trade had nothing to do with Wiggins at all and had to do with that 2021 top three protected first round pick. So that means this year they're going to have a top three pick and next year, barring some weird miracle, they're going to be, in the, you know, probably late lottery um, area. You know, I'm, I'm assuming Minnesota will be a good team with those two guys, but not a playoff team just because the West is crazy competitive. So, you know, that's a pretty solid pick. And it's, it's great to have those types of picks to go next two years and pick talented guys that are young and at the end of the bench who are going to be able to help this strong playoff team make runs. Uh, and they have some young talent on that team as is. So, you know, again, the, the Golden State Warriors have shown a lot of other people how to build a team for now and to continue to keep on stocking the cupboard, uh, you know, getting rid of Andre Iguodala right before the milk spoiled kind of thing. And, and um, they've done a great job. So on the Minnesota side, I love it. So D'Angelo Russell, uh, I, I understand why Golden State did what they did. If you're going to do a trade for with KD. You want to get back something. D'Angelo Russell was a great piece. It turned into a first round pick and a talented player. So everything that they did with him was right. Uh, I, I think that they kind of figured out what we all knew, which was you can't have that many shooters in one basketball in a court. Um, and so they, they kind of recognized that they, I, th- I thought they were genuine in their interest to see if Russell and Steph could do something with clay out. But then when, uh, Steph got hurt, you know, it was over. Um, and, and so they did the right thing. Russell, uh, Russell is apparently really good friends with Carl Anthony Towns. 
So maybe he can, you know, juice Carl Anthony Towns to start playing like the talent that he is. And he's still one of the best players in the league. Um, but everyone who looks at him goes, there's no reason he couldn't be the best player in the league. Right. At one point in time, we were most of us were saying Carl Anthony Towns is a better talent than Anthony Davis. Uh, so he still has that upside. He just has not shown it the, the last two seasons. Um, so anyways, I think it's a great trade for them. Uh, they got better. They didn't have to go out and recruit because it's tough. You know, Cleveland sucks. Uh, Detroit isn't all that wonderful, but Minnesota is not, you know, love it. My hometown, um, is not an easy place to get, uh, you know, young, uh, black athletes from the Florida panhandle, uh, to come over and spend their careers. So trading to get somebody, uh, was probably a, a great idea. Anyways, um, so I, I really like that trade. Uh, Glenn, I don't know if you wanted to pine on this one, given that it was the you know, Golden State Warriors and you're right in your neck of the woods. Not particular. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> have no. Yeah, I don't really have no uh, nothing to say about it. We'll see. I really, I really only watch the Lakers, man. Um, cool. There's a bunch of other little trades. The only other one I guess to talk about is the Heat landing Iguodala from the Grizzlies. So the Heat got Iguodala, Jay Crowder of uh, fame from recently from getting in a fight, Solomon Hill um, and the Memphis Grizzlies get Justice Winslow, which at one point in time, Pat Riley was super excited about when he was coming out of college and drafting him. James Johnson, yeah. Dion waiters who hasn't played much this season because he's perpetually suspended getting high on planes and having other issues. And then Gorgie dang dang, who a lot of people think is a, a good talent word is Dion waiters is uh soon to be on the waiver wire because not even the Memphis Grizzlies want to deal with him. Uh, Memphis Grizzlies, case in point, have shown a lot of resolve and not wanting to deal with difficult personalities. So when they traded for Dwight Howard, they put him on the waiver wire and, you know, it was his reality check actually. And he's played great for us, but they've, they've been good about saying, just not going to do it. We're not going to deal with those types of people and let's, let's ship them out. But anyways, uh, X's and O's of the trade, uh, Jason. What were your thoughts? Uh, I like oh. for the Heat. I'm not yeah. really a. Um, Says they dumped really 28 million in salary up. for that. Yeah. And got yeah, Jay Crowder for really, free. Yeah, I was never a Justice Winslow fan. I know, like you said, Pat Riley was. I remember LeBron was a Shabazz Napier fan from Connecticut. You see how that turned out. I was never a fan of him in the NBA as well. Uh, but I, I think the Heat think that they can get to the finals, and I honestly believe that they that they can as well. Uh, I don't think the East is that daunting. I think it's. Just, I don't really think Philly is really. I don't think Philly has uh, good enough chemistry to make it far to make a deep deep run in the playoffs. But Miami's going for it. My hats off to them. Pat Riley's not giving up. Uh, I don't think they're going to win a championship, but they're at least trying to get there. Uh, Iguodala, uh, he has championship experience, of course, and, um, you know, he's a, he's a veteran and I think he'll help, uh, help out Jimmy Butler and the rest of those guys. And I think Jay Crowder is a, he's not one of my favorite players, but I think he's a solid guy who can help them, uh, as long as he's not starting, if he's starting, that's a problem, but if he's coming off the bench, he can definitely help that team. So Memphis is just Memphis. It's, those are just one, you know, you know how I feel about that. They, they shouldn't even have a team in the NBA. It's just Memphis, but uh, I like it for the Heat. I'm looking forward to watching them in the playoffs, and I hope they make a deep run. Hope it works out for them. Uh, quick note before, wow. before that be, Darren Collison is currently sitting with Jeannie Buss at the Lakers game. So, yeah. Love that news. Yeah. Um, last I checked, they were tied 86-86 in the third quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so uh, I have some. I have an interesting thought. I think this trade was more about the trade that didn't happen than the trade that did. And I'll explain what I mean by that. So first, I think Andre Iguodala, obviously a great piece for a playoff team. I think Jay Crowder is another one of those guys, like a Marcus Morris, not as good as him, that you add to the team because he's kind of gritty and has that kind of fight in him. So when you're going to the playoffs, he's a good guy to have in your bench. Uh, and Solomon Hill is Solomon Hill. Um, the Memphis side of this is is uninteresting because it's really just a bunch of pieces that were kind of clear cap, cap space. The big money was Deion Waiters. Deion Waiters is going to get cut and get paid and then disappear. And he has a you know a contract that'll disappear not long after that. But what is what the Miami Heat were trying to do, and have they accomplished it, would have been massive. And that was to try and get Danilo Gallinari and extend him. And so what they really wanted was Danilo and uh, Butler 
to be able to be that core and then have Andre Iguodala as that veteran, that second veteran on the team to be with Butler um, and then have those, those, those guys, but they weren't able to get it done. And I, and they were close. It was, they were constant talk that there was something that getting done and it was almost there and everything else. So I think the whole idea behind this part of the trade was to make the next trade and bring all of that together and, make a team that could very easily a playoff contender. I don't think they got there. So while I do think that, that uh, the Miami heat can get in the playoffs, probably even knock off a team or two, maybe even make it to the conference finals because they're gritty. They play hard and, and, and they've got some young talent who's, who's also, you know, stepping up. I, I don't think there's anybody on the West that they're going to be really a challenge for in a seven game series. Uh, so I agree with you on Philly. We might, we might talk about that at another cast, but I, I don't necessarily think that um, they did enough to supplant my, Milwaukee as the favorite. <clears throat> um, I don't think that they're that they would be a favorite in a series against Boston. Um, I think they might be a favorite about even with Philly, uh, but I, I definitely don't think that there's anybody that's going to think that they're going to go and beat whoever comes out of the West. So um, and I think that's just a miss. You know, I think they take, they tried real hard and didn't work out. And because Gallinari didn't get there, um, they, they didn't accomplish the goal, even though things look better and they, they did a good job of the train. Word. All right. Mm-hmm. Any, uh, any other last things for the trades? No, nah. don't sound. Like I mean, there's there was a bunch Jabari of little Parker ones got traded again, right? He went to the yeah, Kings. There was, I was saying, there's, yeah, there's a, there's that, a bunch funny. of little ones, but if we could go through, you know, we got we got trades with one person getting traded and the other person getting cash that happened today. It, you know, like there were some <laughs> yeah. trades that don't you know. That's how you Clippers, know you're bad. Yeah, the the the, 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 tri- yeah. the Clippers traded Derek Walton because they needed to make uh, a roster spot, and then for cash considerations, which was like. All right, here we're gonna pay you the five hundred thousand dollars that he's gonna make, you know, just to take him off of our roster. Damn, um, that's yeah. That's not to say anything you know, bad about the guy, but it just happens yeah. every once in a while. Business. You know, you know what's funny to me was when um, you know I saw Wiggins play a little bit, and I seen I saw Jabari Parker come play a little bit in Duke, and the people were saying they were going to be the best, when they entered the draft, it was going to be the best draft ever, ever in history, and I didn't see it. And both of them got traded today, five years later. That's just <laughs> hilarious to me. Yeah, I don't so. remember ever hearing that about yeah them, them being the best draft. Cause it oh, takes yeah. A little bit more than that. We got, oh, yeah. They said them them two come up was going to make it the best draft ever. I remember that all the time. Jerry West and Jerry, I remember Jerry, they asked Jerry West, and Jerry West pretty much said, nah. You know, they might be good <laughs> players, but nah. I love yeah. it. If no. you say it, it's no. it's gold. Right. And I figure if I'm on the same side as Jerry West, I'm like, okay, then we're good. Then no. we should do for fun. I don't know if it's a podcast or or whatever. We should do a a like grade check on on Jerry West because I'm I not know, sure real. I can think of a whole lot of things that he has done wrong. Now I'm sure he drafted some people in the late first round that didn't pan out, but that's because you take risks and so on and so forth. Right. But it'd be interesting because he got so many really big things, right? Right. You know, <laughs> um, he gets the big stuff, right? That's all you need. Really get I the mean, star. Damn, right? Yeah. He, I mean, every, everything he touches turns to gold. Yeah, when Memphis was himself. relevant, it was based off of the deal that, you know, the deals that he made with the Lakers um, to get, uh, to get the other Gasol, Marc Gasol. Um, right. Anyways, I just think I, he's Dang, just fascinating Kyle. to me. So he's, he, he's amazing. He made us a contender and his team solid. I don't even yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, it's not- well, he knows talent. He's just a really, yeah. really good talent evaluator. He knows sure. talent. For and sure. uh yeah. Yeah, shots to Jerry, man. All right, word. So that's a kind of a good segue. Laker wise, we didn't make any trades. What do y'all think? Do we need to? Looks like Darren Collison is chilling. He may pull up. Um, you know, what do you what do you guys think? I mean, right now we're obviously we've been balling out pretty solidly. They should need shouldn't need no more motivation. Um, uh, but I'm just wondering, do you yeah. guys think we're we're in a solid Go space? ahead, B. Take it. So I'm happy that they didn't make the deals. There's a whole bunch of deals. And first of all, thank you, thank you. The first thing that I've seen that I re- that really really made me happy about Palinka is the trade he didn't make. So the deal for Marcus Morris was that they wanted Green and Kuzma, but yet they took all what the the, the spare parts that the Clippers were going to offer him. 
Like, are you crazy? Yeah, anyways, I- I'm so happy that Polinka, you know, didn't get, make one of these gut shot, like, we want to make a change decisions and trades and, and kept Kuzma. I, I've said I, I wish we had Ingram over Kuzma, but Kuzma is a hell of a lot better piece to have um, in the offseason and going forward than, than Marcus Morris. Um, and you certainly aren't going to give up that much more than your competitors are offering, right? You're bidding against yourself almost. So anyways, um, I, I was fine with it. I think that you almost owe it to this team, which has become a family in the last month, um, to let them have their shot. You know, obviously there's going to be some tweaks at the end of the bench. Uh, there's talk that, that J.R. Smith was coming in to be worked out. There's always talk about Darren Collison, uh, Darren Collison coming out of retirement to possibly play play for them or the Clippers. Um, you know, your news, Glenn, about uh, him being at the game is is inspiring because I do think that out of the people that they're talking about possibly coming back, I think Darren Collison was the was the guy you wanted to 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 try and figure out and if they could figure out a trade to get you know Iggy or he got cut and got both Collison and Iggy that'd have been wonderful but it didn't work out so um I hope they don't bring J.R. Smith I just don't see if I were LeBron I would be walking right into Plinka's office and say don't you do it homeboy can't read the clock sorry (laughs) you know you got to send him straight to the optometrist if you do because he's got to get some you know he's got to get some uh, contact lenses but uh, uh, I think that I just think I just think we owe it as as fans. I think we owe it as um, as the team and the owner to let these this team play it out, and they're they're all together because of what happened. And you know I understand that if Collison comes, someone's got to go. There was a lot of talk that the only way that they could clear the roster spots for Collison or Iggy was to get rid of um, Cousins who is still a part of the, the team and right. on the roster. Um, and so I just think, I just think, you know, I think I'm happy that they didn't do it. I don't know if it's a winning strategy. The Clippers got better um, and the Clippers are already really good, but I think that we owe it to the Lakers to ride this emotional wave and, and see what it brings them. Um, and, and so I'm okay. I'm cool with it. Jason. Okay. Um, real quick before I answer that, uh, hey Glenn, what channel is the Laker game on? I looked on League Pass; it's not there. It should be TNT. TNT. Yes. Okay, good. Thursday okay, night. Yes, Thursday night. All right, now okay, it's one hundred two, one hundred two. All right, cool. So to answer the question, um, I wouldn't want, of course, who who wouldn't like help? I mean, I, of course, I would like to add players, but I don't want to give up. You know, like you said, Danny Green and Kuzma and whatever to yeah. get them. So if this is the best they can do by staying pat and not giving up players or keep keep players on the team key pieces that can help us, you know, on the championship run, I'm okay with it. Um, they're going to let this thing play out. The team has played well together. It looks like um, they like each other for the most part, playing for each other. So I guess we'll have to see what happens. Of course, I would like to add a player, and I still think they kind of maybe need a playmaker or something. But Yeah, Collison, man. Hey, oh, yeah, well, if he signs, yeah. So I actually I think he's a better fit in the Lakers than he is on the Clippers because I think there'll be more opportunity for him on the Lakers than actually on the Clippers. I think uh, Clippers got a lot going on, and I'm not sure what kind of impact he would have with them, but he can have a bigger impact with us. So hopefully that that uh, that signing takes place. But you know, yeah. we'll see what happens. I, this doesn't change my feeling. I still think that championship uh, championship is going to be in the Staples Center, whether it's going to be with the Clippers or be with the Lakers. Um, after all these trades, I still feel the same way. The title is going to be in LA. It just depends on who's going to which team is going to win it. No, it's got to be, man. I'll be, I'll be. Sorry it has if to these be. Fools don't. <laughs> I can't take two losses. Yeah. Salty, yeah. If I were Troy Daniels, um, I would keep a banker's box by my, uh, by my locker in the next Man. couple of days. It's a tough, it's a tough world, but right. You know, guard comes in, guards got to go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. they're not going to cut Rondo. So, you know, if you're, if you're Troy Daniels or Troy Daniels agent, um, you know, I would think that you have to understand that you're probably the odd guy out. Uh, yeah. Dudley, they probably they probably keep just because oh, yeah. they like the, the the big guy depth and yeah. and every other player on the team is a factor, right? Troy Daniels is kind of the the odd guy out, but anyways. Mm-hmm. Well, he better. Lakers just hit a nine zero run last three minutes of the last three minutes of this. They have one zero four, one zero two right now on YouTube. Okay. Uh, Glenn, what about you? Do you have any thoughts on uh, whether or not standing pat was the right idea? I mean, I'm. You know, the team's been number one in the West the whole season as constructed. Yep. So, I mean, 
There's not really anybody I'm truly scared of, if I'm going to be honest. We should have beat the Clippers twice already. Um, that fir- The mm. first game of the season happened, and that was just, you know, trying to figure out what's going on. The game Christmas Day, they just gave it away. It was no other, yeah. you know, I wasn't, we had the game in hand. And, you know, we should have won that game. So the the Bucks, that was a statement game for them, you know, still a young team, still trying to prove. We come to them on, I think, the second out of a back-to-back without AD. They came out and hooped. But I'm really not scared of anybody in the league right now. I mean, if we're healthy, I think we can beat anybody in seven games. So, um, you know, I'm not I'm not upset. I mean, they're going to have to play good ball. Don't get me wrong. I don't think it's easy. But I, I'm not really too worried. So, I mean, if we can get Collison, dope. But otherwise, they just need to ball out, man. And if you can't ball out with the 8 and the 24 on your home floor, then you don't need to win anyway. So. There you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm I'm solid. So we'll see what happens. So, uh, yeah, all right. So I I mean, Brian was joking about trying to have an hour show, and I think we've done it. So, um, first and only. Yeah, let's get the um minute to win it in, and we up out of here. I really don't have one, so I'm be thinking about it. So y'all go. Oh, I'll start. I'll go. Um, this is what I want. I want the Dallas Cowboys to tell Dak Prescott to kick rocks when he wants thirty five million dollars <laughs> a year. Um, if you can't make the playoffs with that offensive line, Ezekiel Elliott, Cooper, and all them other talented players that they got on that team, you don't deserve $35, $37 million a year. And I want them to go after Tom Brady and give him $30 million a year. I would like to see Brady in a Dallas Cowboy uniform. I just think it'll look so awkward, but also I think it'll bring a lot of excitement next year because I don't think he'll be able to take that team to Super Bowl, especially not NFC. And plus, we play the Cowboys next year so I can go to the game and see Brady for one final time so that's what I'm rooting for I don't think it's going to happen I'm with you B I think he's going to stay in New England because you know comfort zone coaching etc uh I just think you know Brady's just used to too much if he moves it's not going to be a you know ideal for him because he's used to you know certain offense certain this certain that I mean it's it sounds easy just to pack up and move but it really isn't so but I'm still rooting for it I just want Brady to be a cowboy and Dak to go somewhere else that's my minute cool well I'll just quickly talk about some things going on in the world of politics because it's obviously one of my passions and things I follow obviously you know we had the acquittal uh, which was a complete another joke of our our um, crap stain of a president. But um, the thing that actually kind of worries me is is what happened in the Iowa uh, primary. Caucuses are the absolute worst form of representative uh, politics ever. There are no working people, working class people who have four hours of time to go sit in chairs and play musical chairs all night and negotiate who they're going to represent. It is it is re- ridiculous. And then the Democratic Party obviously blew it by uh, but paying $60,000 to have an app created. Um, I can tell you, I work in an industry, in the industry, if you're paying $60,000 for a, a, an app to handle all your election, uh, it, you don't have to hack it to have a lot of problems. Uh, anyways, so that process was disappointing. Um, it, the results ultimately don't mean that much, but it's it's the start of a process where it's really, really disappointing to see that we just don't have it together. Um, and we're already having <clears throat> the, the Bernie uh, the Bernie folks coming back and saying, you know, it's our candidate or, or no candidate. And, um, you know, you have some other people who are basically rebelling against Bernie and and we're we're, we're going to shoot ourselves in the foot. If, uh, if if this is what we continue to do. So that was really disappointing to see this uh, this past week. I've been following that very closely. Um, like, again, not because of the results, but just because I, I want to see that the Democratic Party is having an intelligent conversation about who they want to put forth this, the, the, the candidate and knowing that we're all better get on board because Trump is now the most emboldened, empowered, uh, and reckless president ever in the history of time because he has gotten acquitted from his uh, on on his uh his charges he is if he wins the second term he doesn't have to run again i mean he literally could do whatever he wants that should scare everyone 
Republicans, Democrats, any decent human being. So uh, I just hope that we all get together and, and figure some things out. That's my minute. Got you. Um, and that's tough to say because there have been some wild presidents. There have been some wild boys throughout history. Super. Yeah. Overtly racist folks. Right. Wow. And yeah. I just think this president. Yeah, it's yeah. bad stuff. Yeah, I don't really have one. Um, I, I wouldn't even be thinking about it. So, I mean, I'm just going to give mine a quick shout out to Andy Reid, truthfully. Even though they're in my division, um, I, you know, it's Raiders Chiefs rivalries is a long time coming, you know, Raiders Broncos, et cetera. But, I mean, Andy Reid, like, it's hard to not like the dude. You know, he's he's done the, done everything right from what I can see. I mean, obviously not everything, but he's, you know, like Brian said earlier, the players rave, rave for him. They all wanted to win it for him. He deserved to have won. You know what I mean? He played a good game. When, when the Eagles were there back in the day, he got Alex Smith to like almost a dang near AFC championship. Um, just, you know, shout out to him. Shout out to Mahomes, who I think is like the fourth black quarterback to win a Super Bowl or something like that. Third, um, you know, half, but still. Uh, so, I mean, even though the Chiefs are a rival, you know, they played a good game. They deserve to win. Shout out to Eric Bieniemy for getting him a ring. Um, you know, Matt Dow. I mean, there's just there's actually a lot of cool stories on that team. So. Much as I don't like to see it, um, if it's not us, you know, hey, whatever. Good good stuff for Andy Reid. So that's all I got. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening. As always, February 6, 2020, this is Sports Counterpoints Podcast. I'm GB, Brian, and Coop, and we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.